Hi friends, we are back. It's season two of, um, or sorry, man, my brain. It's episode two of season four. Um, we have Jules on. Jules is a returning guest from season three, and I am just so excited to have you on again. Um, and she's a YWA member, which is amazing because we were literally talking about how amazing this organization is. And to give you a little insight, it's pretty much the most godly prayer-based uh are they are they non-profit um so yeah, yeah non-profit organization and we are ambassadors for that which is essentially just we get to spread the gospel and say we're a part of ywa and um it's amazing morgan's amazing um anna Castillo. Yeah. uh-huh she's a part of it too there's so many amazing women who are a part of that but if you are more interested in that I'll have stuff in my bio that you can go and look into that but back to Jules Jules is amazing she's also a native Texan so that makes her 10 times better <laughs> and um we're just excited to talk about so many different topics today we were just discussing that I wanted to talk about Jules's posts that she makes on Instagram which if you aren't following her go over there and follow her I'll have everything that you need to know to follow her in the bio of this episode but we're going to talk about christian dating we're going to talk about texas supreme court case that just got released about um childhood castration which shouldn't even be happening but we have to talk about it because this is insane and then donald trump made a announcement about the recent midterm election so i want to talk about that with her and then pretty much anything and everything between we'll talk about so Jules, welcome, and um, you tell us where to start. Yes. Okay. So, um, I am Jules. I am so pumped to be back on here. Um, and just a little bit about me. Um, I started off super involved in the conservative movement, um, kind of end of 2020, um, during the election cycle, got really involved there and then started slowly realizing that as a Christian, this is a difficult world to navigate. Um, and especially the world of conservative politics. Um, you don't think about that being something that would be complicated for a believer, but it really is. Um, and so I am super passionate about equipping Christians to engage um, in culture, engage in politics, and to understand theology. Um, so that's kind of where I'm coming for, coming from, what I'm passionate about. Um, and yeah, so that's kind of going to be reflected in the post that we talk about today. I know, I'm so excited. So let's jump into some of your Christian dating posts. And I think <laughs> this is so valuable because any like conference I attend either if it's church or if it's in the conservative movement a lot of girls talk about like I can't find a conservative guy specifically a Christian guy Christian should come first before conservative um yes, sure but talk about your uh post that was titled single and disappointed oh man so that one that came from honestly, um, just watching a lot of my friends in different relationships and just, mm -hmm. you know, in churches that I've been in, in the past. And, um, 
it's something so I have really I'm 20 years old still Mm -hmm. single um but I've watched you know I've had the secondhand experience of seeing um lots of different Christian relationships play out in front of me and it was just really interesting um how so many women even are blaming men for issues that they need to resolve Mm -hmm. between them and the Lord first um and so really a lot of it um you know single and disappointed came from like part of like self-reflection like am I am I doing something that I need to change so that I can attract the right kind of man Mm -hmm. um that I'm looking for because it's a two-part equation it needs to be um happening on both sides and so I was kind of just speaking to um, other young women and challenging us to check our hearts and mm-hmm. see where we stand with the Lord and see if that is being reflected in our actions, especially when we're dating. Yeah. I I saw that post when you posted it and I was like, whoa, <laughs> because I, I don't know. I think we do as women sometimes forget that it is a two-part equation and yeah. sometimes if it's not working out, it might be an inward look where we're like, where's Jesus in our lives? And if that's not there, then yeah, a a Christian guy is not going to be attracted to us (laughs) because honestly, it shouldn't be physical attraction. I think there's so um, much materialistic, like attraction happening. Um, I know you said you were observing people in your life and I've observed some people in my life as as well and I think I've seen so many people be so disappointed in their relationships and eventually sadly break up because that's where it started was oh this guy or girl's hot or whatever and mm-hmm. it makes me look good instead of I need to be following the Lord and then the right person's going to come alongside me and follow the Lord with me and eventually push you to be a better Christian and be the believer who is not just kind of in that shallow um, water, but someone who is full in and full in for God. So I I love that post. Um, But I think that the next one that I want to bring up kind of ties in well with it. Your uh, your masculinity is not toxic. The lack of it is. I love that one. Kind of explain it to us. Yes. So I, we live in a culture that attacks masculinity. And I think a lot of that stems from not understanding what it is. Um, now to be fair, there is a form of what the world may call masculinity Mm -hmm. that is not biblical, that is wrong, that is ungodly. Um, we see that this is kind of a hot take, but we see that with people like Andrew Tate, they say, Oh, he's masculine. Well, it's not godly. Um, but real biblical godly masculinity is necessary it's not good it's required and it's something that we need to see more of and so i was kind of just stepping in for all of my brothers in christ and saying hey um masculinity is a good thing it's something that we need we need more godly biblical masculine men Mm -hmm. um because they they're just crucial to society flourishing and to um christian families Mm -hmm. and the way that kids are raised and sent out in the world and um, you know, the protection of families and all of those things, they're just so important. And so that really was on my heart, um, seeing just different, um, different godly men being attacked for their biblical, um, masculinity. And so, yeah, that one was, that one was also very personal. Um, so I hope it was encouraging to godly guys to keep up the good work because we need more of them. Yeah. 
and I think that like and I'm putting you on the spot here but what specifically does a godly man look like so you were talking about like and I know you talk and have a lot of posts on like being in the world but not of the world so kind of describe to us what it looks like for guys um and this can apply to girls as well but probably specifically for guys if we're gonna bring out an explanation but um where in the bible can we kind of point guys to read to kind of get inspired of like this is my direction i need to go yes so step one get in the bible read the life of jesus um jesus was perfect sinless and masculine um so from that that's what I would first push guys to do is just learn about the life of Jesus. See the way that he interacted with people um, and the way that he just, you know what I mean? Um, he was. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. So I would say first and foremost, they should follow the example of Christ. But there are also so many other godly and masculine men in scripture. Granted, none of them were perfect, mm-hmm. but they followed the Lord um, with everything in them and the Lord honored that. And so I would totally encourage them to dig into scripture there and just read through it and see how these men lived their lives. Um, But the three things that I kind of would say define a godly man, um, I've always said lead, protect, and provide. So lead, um, they lead wherever they are. They show good character qualities of leadership, um, whether that's in the home or at work or wherever they are. Godly men are leaders. Um, Godly men also protect men clearly are the protectors in society. And so they protect their families. They protect the vulnerable. Um, That is what they're to do. So whether that be from the attacks of, you know, culture or whatever it is, that is another characteristic of a godly man. Um, And the last one is provide. So godly men provide, they provide for their families. They, you know, provide for, um, they go out and work and they are diligent in that. Um, And so those are just different qualities that, I personally look for that I see reflected in scripture um, of a godly man. And I think you you mentioned that alongside of Jesus, there are so many other guys throughout scripture you can read about. Um, and of course, they're not perfect like Jesus. But I think that's so real and authentic for guys to read. Like the story of David. Like I think that's so authentic to read his story because you can resonate with that part of him where you're like, yes, I can be and I can live a life like Jesus, but I'm never going to be perfect. And this is how, if I mess up or if this happens and I can't control my sin nature in a way where I'm going to have to repent in the end, um, you can understand how to rise above that, you know, and come out of that. So I think that's just so beautiful. Oh, yes. Um, Do we want to move a little bit and talk about the big thing in um, this podcast episode and talk about the Texas Supreme Court case? Yes, absolutely. Do you want to give a little intro of that? Sure, yeah. So um, there was a Supreme Court case that was just back in November, um, and it was in Texas. And let me just kind of set up the characters for you, even though they are real people. That's something I always have to remember is like, even though I'm reading this from an article, these people have real lives. This dad was an actual dad to a son who is so young. Um, And this mom is a mom who was trying to make decisions based off of her beliefs as well. So that's just so interesting to kind of um, 
breakdown and so the son's name is James Younger, the dad is Jeff Younger, the mom's Anne and she lives in California as the two um, and they also have a brother here who live in Dallas so James, Jeff, and their son, Judah, live in Dallas, and, um, well, he used to, and I was watching videos and reading up on it, and this dad spent $1 million in legal fees to protect his son from the media knowing his name and knowing who he was, which sadly didn't work out. Um, people know who he is now and know who the mom is, and they just went to court over, um, a lot of writers are calling it medical castration, which truly is like a term for it. But if we're going to go back into science terms, it's talking about puberty blockers, um, talking, talking about early transition with transition surgeries. So I think a lot of people were shocked by like oh castration like they they didn't really understand what that meant but it's talking about like gender transition surgeries so um the judge was mary brown she is a court judge in dallas and which is really sad because we both live really near to this so this is near and dear to our heart i thought it was interesting i watched a video of the heritage foundation and they were talking it was a whole panel of doctors and scientists and they were talking about the neurological um, stunts and growth that puberty blockers allow and cause. It doesn't just affect the physical body. And I'm, I'm talking about seven, eight-year-old boys. I'm talking about 13 and 14-year-old girls. I'm talking about like that young, elementary, adolescents. Um, and so that's just the, the coverage that is given to the people, the public, um, but Jules, you want to kind of react and kind of give us your thoughts on this? Yes. So, first of all, um, it's terrifying that our government allows for that mm -hmm. um, on, on any level, which is just proof of how far we've strayed from um, what, this, what this country was founded to be and what the government's job was. Um, but second of all, I mean, we think here in the Bible Belt that we are insulated from the culture and we are not... Um, this is going on right under our noses and the culture is, is coming after kids. That's what it's doing. Um, and so it's really scary to see that happening, um, right in front of us, but it should cause us to want to be more engaged and to be aware and to do what we can to fight back against this, um, just horrifying ideology and the effects that it's having on kids. Um, but also it really, it just makes me think um, just how far our culture has gone mm -hmm. from the word of God and from the fact that a mother would get to the point where she would want to do this to her child is horrifying. And I just feel so much for the dad. Um, mm -hmm. He's doing everything that he can. And it's really, really tragic that the state is not backing him up on all that. I agree. I totally agree. I, um, I agree on the biblical aspect that our culture is degenerating um, and it, it's kind of a spiral from so many things and I know you would agree with this it's a spiral from having <laughs> we just had passion um, in Texas and then also on another college campus but it it's an effect of 
having those big Christian um, services, but not giving them the right tools for the gospel. You get um, yeah. on a hype. I know you just posted about this. Tell us about um, the effects yeah. of those. Sorry, can you say that one more time? Like, tell us about, like, when kids, uh, college kids, even high schoolers go to these, like, hyped-up events that are spreading the name of the, um, or spreading the name of Christianity, how does that leave those kids? Yes, so I think a lot of this kind of large, you know, big conference Christian celebrity culture, it's not actually equipping Christians very well, um, especially young Christians in their faith. Um, they need to be hearing the gospel. They need to be hearing that they're sinners that need to repent. They need to be hearing um, what it means to live a life in Christ, to live for the Lord, um, what that looks like. And they need to know it's going to be hard. Um, and I think a lot of young Christians are leaving these conferences or really even a lot of young, I would venture to say a lot of young uh, people who, who have maybe deceiving themselves deceived themselves into thinking that they are Christians when they really haven't heard and understood the full gospel. Um, but a lot of them are leaving without being equipped because all they're taught about is themselves and how to feel better and how Jesus, you know, Jesus will make them feel better and Jesus will take away the hard things. When in reality, like scripture talks so much about how this life is going to be hard. It's going to be a battle. It's going to be a fight. And the world is going to come for you if you're living like Christ. And so I think that's a message that that needs to be proclaimed. Like, hey, it's not going to be easy. It's going to be so worth it. And the Lord will honor that. But it's not this cakewalk that we think it might be. Right. Um, so I think, yeah, really passionate about talking about that. I have a couple posts on it, too. Yes. Um, but, yeah, that's a really, really big thing I'm seeing a lot right now. Mm -hmm. And to go a little bit back to the case, sorry, um, the, yes. the ending of and the, the outcome of the case was so devastating because not only did the judge grant the mom full custody of that child, but also she made the jurisdiction where she could take him back to California where she lives. And um, so the dad has no contact with him um, anymore because of that full custody um, ruling. And that's just so devastating. Um, I think that, yes, it is a legal battle where mom is still mom, dad is still dad. Y'all both were in a relationship where you are both that person's parents they like that child is both of yours equally and i think we have to fight for that and it's so hard because we're both very pro-life and we see all the time where it's like we have to fight on a daily basis to tell people that dad has a voice in this too because y'all both made the child like you both were there um, so it's so hard to fight for that on one side where it's like, they're both involved. And then on this side, it's like, dad had the best intentions for the kid, you know? Mm -hmm. And so it's so hard to fight on both ends because there's so many ways that you can get backlash from that where people will be like, oh, but you just said for pro-life that both parents need to be involved. <laughs> Whereas now it's mom, like mom was calling, um, this kid james she was calling him luna 
um, oh. from the age of two, she would call him Luna, and um, there's a video actually that the dad posted that asked him when he was younger, like, what did mom say to you? And he's like, well, mom said I was a girl. And he's like, she what? And he was like, yeah, mom told me I was a girl. Isn't that cool? And like, the video goes on, but I, I, that's just so devastating that he was five at that time. And he was saying that to his dad and just, I can't imagine the heartbreak he felt for his child where he was like, he's so confused and probably yeah. even heartbreak for his ex-wife where he's like, you need help if that's what you believe. You believe our son is a girl mm -hmm. when obviously biologically he is a male. So I, I just think that is so fascinating that not only did the judge give her custody but also jurisdiction to bring him back to the state where it is widely allowed to have those puberty blockers to have those um gender surgeries at such a young age so yeah that's disgusting <laughs> um yeah. yeah so now that i got to be on my pedestal for that <laughs> I, I was literally Good like <laughs> it, it's, it's crazy be for sure yeah and, and do you want to add anything about that before we move on? Just the whole story makes me, like, reminded of how there is no order without Christ. Mm -hmm. And there is no order without biblical truth. I mean, the only reason that any of this is happening is because, you know, mom and dad, somehow Christ is not first in that. And all of these evil things are happening. And then, mm -hmm. you know, a government that, that is not following any form of biblical morality that allows for that um so it just man makes me want to fight even harder and makes me long for heaven where this yeah. stuff doesn't happen absolutely <laughs> um so to move a little bit past that let's talk about donald trump's announcement about midterm elections do you want to start us off with that i would be happy to so this is super interesting um donald trump put out a statement what a week or so ago maybe mm -hmm. yeah. something like that um about basically the the statement summarized was blaming the republican losses in the midterms on pro-life advocates who refused to compromise on um abortions in like special cases um which was really really kind of a slam on the entire pro-life movement Absolutely. and everyone who believes that life begins in the womb and abortion is it, it, there's no exceptions for it so um it was very very wild to me to see trump go out of his way to say something that is flies in the face of his entire you know the evangelical vote and mm -hmm. the majority of um republicans and conservatives which should all be pro-life but um you know most of them are and so it was really wild to me to see him say something that out of touch with mm -hmm. you know all his own voters and just reminded me that as a christian in the conservative movement you know you're not going to always be on the same page with everybody and there are going to be times that you're going to have to you know stop supporting someone or whatever because they they may be conservative and they may be able to cut your taxes but they don't want to stop the murder of babies in the womb and so yeah that really that whole thing really blew my mind. Yeah. Speaking of out of touch, I thought it was just so fascinating that 
he made that statement and he used cases of like rape and incest and the life of the mother and I thought and I was like this really took on the side of politics instead of the side of what I think he actually believes about abortion um, mm -hmm. because a lot of people know that rape and incest and um, viability of the mom happens in only like 0.2% of cases in pregnancy now. Yep. And the beauty of that is that only happens because we have so much medical technology that has mm -hmm. been advanced over the past few years that if a mom has a situation where she is in dire need of saving um, to save her and her baby, there are ways that doctors like at that moment they stop and they're like, we are going to make a plan and this is what we're going to do because yes. we have the ability to save you. Like we have so much medicine, we have so much technology that we okay. can do that. And of course there are very sad cases where that doesn't work, um, but it is so low. The numbers are so low for that. Um, and so a lot of that, I think, um, being adopted myself, I, I laugh at um, people who say case of rape and incest because I'm like, those women went through so much hurt and now you're just using them as a talking point. Um, you don't care about their situation. You don't care about the baby that they have inside of them. Um, I think that so many mothers who are in those cases experience a lot of loss, a lot of um, loss of their identity. Um, they lose a lot of um, happiness. They're depressed. They have um, suicidal thoughts. And so when we know, we know that women who have abortions, those increase suicidal thoughts, depression, anxiety, those increase by mass amount of numbers after yeah. having an abortion. So why would we do that to women? If we are so pro-women, right? Um, mm. Why would we make them go through another wave of that? Um, and so I Solve think- Solve a trauma with another trauma? Yeah, it doesn't work. exactly. It's not logical, it's not um, healthy, it's not biblical. Um, and I think that there is so much technology, number one, for women who are in dire pregnancies. I think too, that there is an adoption system. There's a foster care system that, um, yes, needs a lot of help, needs a lot of funding, where um, <laughs> if you're going to put a lot of funding into childhood transition surgeries, why don't we move that money over and help people who are living in poor conditions, living in houses where they don't feel loved and they don't feel supported, um, so that's just a thought, um, but yeah. there, there's so many ways that we can support women. We can even say like, Hey, you are going to be a great mother, like building mm -hmm. their self-esteem and then helping them in cases of we're buying diapers, we're buying formula, we're helping them get into elementary school or daycare or preschool or anything like that. Being like, mm -hmm. I'm going to babysit over the weekend for you because you need to start getting into work, getting money for your family, um, and I'm gonna be there along the way. Those are things we can tell mothers so that they don't feel like they're doing it alone, you know? So um, Absolutely. I think that's just so important. Uh, so we talked about his statement, um, and that was pretty clear, I think, 
listeners got that. Um, I want to talk about two more posts and then we can talk about any posts you want to talk about or any like takeaways. Um, but I wanted to talk about your convictions over convenience post. Yes. Okay. So that was a post. Um, this is so, this is fun getting to kind of explain the backstory of posts and why I post them. Um, that was actually coming after we heard yet another thing about Starbucks. And I was Mm -hmm. like, man, I wish that we would just not go and just not spend our money because there are so many other places. Um, and I started thinking about how there are all these different brands that we support with our money financially. Um, and we know that they are using that money against us, but we keep giving them the money. And that kind of flowed into a thought of like, why don't we do that? If we know, like, why do we continue? And for me, I started thinking like, Hmm, it's convenience, really. Mm-hmm. Um, and so conviction over convenience was born out of that. And um, just kind of reminding Christians like, hey, I know something's convenient, but that doesn't make it okay. Mm-hmm. And part of denying yourself and following Christ may be denying your convenience in certain situations. And, you know, I made it, you know, it's not just about Starbucks and spending mm-hmm. money there, but it's just about so many different things that we refuse to lay down because they're convenient and not realizing a part of denying yourself very much could be denying your convenience. And we don't really hear or talk about that a lot. So that's kind of where that one came from. I love that one. And to be honest, I am sorry. (laughs) I am so sorry. (laughs) Oh, you're good. Um, But I I do, I I come in waves. I want to talk about that a little bit. I come in waves and I feel like it's so authentic that people are like, oh, I'm going, you see a post from like Target that they're like, oh, we're going to hire so many illegal immigrants, or they just call them immigrants. Um, and I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm not going to support Starbucks. Like, they're, they're baby murderers. Like, you can give all the labels to them, right? Um, and then I'm, I'm here next week getting one. Um, so I just, I think it's, it's authentic to talk about, like, the struggle of that. I, I don't always get Starbucks. I don't always get Target. And I know a lot of people deal with that. Um, there's a great mom um it's vote with your dollar mama she's on instagram and she will lay everything out for you she will be so authentic she um shows prices of things that she is buying now and she's saying over the course of time it would be the same exact price that you would buy at like target your meat um your eggs your uh, makeup products everything so go follow her because she will get you convicted. <laughs> um, I mean, Jules, Jules is the theological, uh, sociological breakdown, and then go over to Vote Your Dollar Mama, and she will tell you where to buy the things that Jules just told you um, should convict you theologically. So I think y'all can- Can I add one thing? Yes, please, please do. It's very interesting, because among conservatives, we see a lot of- if you spend your money there, you're just evil. And it's just totally hitting people over the head about it. When in reality, as a Christian, it should be a hard issue. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not the end of the world, really, if you give $5 to Starbucks. But if we drive through Starbucks every day going, well, I know that they're funding things Mm -hmm. that are totally evil, but I don't care. Like, Mm -hmm. that's totally different. And so I wanted to bring it back to, hey, this is a hard issue. And we can always do better. We're not going to be perfect at it. But we can try and we can not, you know, we can do it for the right reasons. That's mm-hmm. huge. Yeah, I love that. I absolutely love that. 
it it's a daily thing i think i think back to david um i was talking about him a little bit earlier but he was mm -hmm. in his psalms i think those are so applicable because some days he's like god why are you putting me in despair and then some days he's like god i love you man look at these stars you know it's like total he was the epitome of emotions and i think that was just so cool to see um that yeah some days we're gonna triumph and we're gonna uh drive by target and be like i'm not spending money there and some days we're gonna have hard days where we mess up and again there's ways in the bible that we can read to triumph from those um losses um even though yes. it's something as small as a target purchase yeah um, and that's christian life that's day in and day out you know absolutely. we will fail we will repent, we will turn from our sin, mm -hmm. and then we'll mess up again. And yes. that's how it goes. But just learning how to walk in a cycle of, of obedience mm -hmm. and repentance, because yeah. we need both. Yes, absolutely. And it keeps us it keeps us on our toes, right? <laughs> yeah. <For> sure. <laughs> um, so the last post I wanted to talk about before I give you the reins and you can do whatever you want, um, is the deceivers and the deceived post. Yes. Yeah. Honestly, um, I may wrap up with this one because okay. this is so huge. Yeah. Um, it's something that I I wrote that article back when not an article, whatever it is, post. <laughs> um, feels like an article sometimes. Yes. <laughs> I wrote that back when I was very involved in the conservative movement and not as um in touch with my faith at the time, and so I wrote that thinking, um on subjects like the vaccine and different things like that, where I was like, okay, these are political issues, you know, people are deceived, but I've also learned that this applies in the Christian life as well. Um, there are people who are out there intentionally deceiving people. They are lying, they are manipulating, they are um, saying all of these false things to intentionally deceive people. But there are also people who are being deceived and they don't realize it. For whatever reason it is that they're believing this stuff, they are not the ones that are that are pushing all this stuff out. And so my point with the post was, hey, we need to we need to speak to these people differently. Mm -hmm. We need to speak to the deceivers with you know a more firm a firm tone of voice and say, hey, you are intentionally deceiving. This is not okay. I would like to call you out on that. And we need to speak to the deceived in a different way. Hey. I understand that you may not see this or understand this, mm -hmm. but I want you to know this is the truth of this. And we need to approach it with so much more gentleness and compassion because they may not know what they're believing. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's something that, that we can take a lot. You know, we don't want to scream at people who, um, who don't even know what they believe. Mm -hmm. We need to speak with so much grace and compassion, but we also need to know who the people are that are doing it on purpose where you need to take a little bit of a firmer tone with them. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's kind of, that's kind of what that one's about. <laughs> I, I loved how you gave us, um, like talking points to like, like, yes, be more soft on this side or be like, and you would do that to like anybody you loved and cared about, like, think about it. Like, and that's yes. a, again, I, I love how Jules just brings in so many biblical principles where you're like, these are so practical. If you love someone, you're going to be like, hey, no, you're going down the wrong direction and you're bringing a lot of people with you. Or if there's someone who's like 
kind of those followers more instead of leaders and they're like oh my goodness this looks so great um because that's how the devil works he's like here here's your golden trophy um and eventually you kind of like start playing with it and it, you you realize it's like fake and all like gross um and that's essentially what the devil does he's like here come follow this person that i'm using for my advantage and mm -hmm. go down the wrong path and so with those people you got to be like hey like i get it you know like just like jules said like you have to get on their level and understand them because we all have been there pretty much some time in our lives and just kind of nudge them in the right direction that's why we're here because i mean i personally would want someone if i was going down the wrong direction to be like anna you need yeah. help you know so um being those people for people so then you can have them in your life absolutely um yeah so let's wrap up with telling people how to follow you how to see these posts that we're talking about um tell them where to follow you at yes so i am primarily on instagram and twitter um real jewels grace on both of those thankfully i've snatched up that username um but i will i post a lot of my stories mm -hmm. i post on instagram for the most part um and then i have a lot of posts that are already up and those come out every once in a while so stay tuned i will hit on um every topic you can think of yes. so if that's your jam i got you <laughs> <laughs> we love it thank you so much jules for coming on we've enjoyed this time talking about um things in the media things about your posts things about jesus um and everything in between thank you so much thank you for having me of course enjoyed it <laughs>